0: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for, and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10:10. Hey, have you ever been skeptical of faith? What can we learn about faith and skepticism from one of the world's most famous doubters? We're in a series focusing on the followers of Christ in the New Testament with a look at a man named Thomas. The message is called The Intellect of Faith. Here's Pastor Sean. It's time for Real Life Radio.
0: John 1.12 says, As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Paul writes in Romans that Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. This idea of this powerful concept of, of belief. There is a God. I need him because of my sin. He sent his son, Jesus. I believe who Jesus is. I believe he can do what he said he he can do. And my belief means I put my trust in him. It's all about belief. But I think there's a certain degree where all of us can relate to Thomas because we all face obstacles to our belief, don't we? Things that kind of get in the way of this central core tenet of our faith, this belief. I would ask you this morning, what is it that makes it hard for you to believe? Because everybody's different, but I'll bet for every one of us there's something that kind of every once in a while we press a button. I don't know. Is it science? The skepticism of science? As some of you believe science is such established fact that when you hear that barrage of, of evidence and information, it just causes you to go, I don't know. Is it public opinion? Is it just a simple fact that so many people don't believe? Can they all be wrong? And the fact that we don't like to be at odds with the majority. So is that the thing? Is it public opinion that causes you some heartburn when it comes to belief? How about past experience or pain? Well, you say it's true, but I experienced this, and these people were like this to me, and if that's what a Christian is, forget it. You can have it. I don't want any part of it. So that everything, the evidence, the truth, the word of the gospel is all filtered through this lens of our hurt. I think for some people, maybe it's even more basic than that. Just the problem of pain in general. How could a good God allow the things that happen in the world? How could that be? Maybe we should be looking at the problem of free will and the problem of our limited perspective. We don't have all the information. That's a really significant thing. I I know people who've walked around with pain. I prayed for my loved one, and God didn't heal them. How can that be? They died anyway. I prayed, and they died anyway. Well, then what good is it? Understand something. Prayer has never been a way to avoid death. Prayer for healing has never been a means to avoid death. The one thing that everybody who Jesus prayed for and everybody who Jesus healed in the gospel has, they all died. See, we look at that's the dividing line. If they live, he's real, and I got what I wanted, Woohoo! then God's good. If they don't, then it's all garbage. Well, that's ridiculous. Everybody dies. And understand, we are seeing one side. God sees the whole picture. He sees on the other side. We're making these judgments of God. It's interesting. The Greek word for doubt is of the same root as the Greek word for judgment. We're judging God based on our limited little slice of experience and information that we have when he has the whole picture. He sees death very differently than we do. But yet we cast these judgments. Maybe we should be looking at the problem of free will and the problem of limited perspectives rather than just the problem of pain. Another reason many are skeptical is they're just not comfortable with the implications of belief. I choose not to believe because if there is a God, if he's real, then I probably have some responsibility to him and I'm not prepared to deal with that. I want to live the way I want to live. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want there to be a God, therefore there is not. Just know, nobody's neutral in this. This has real-life implications. There's a great little documentary. Um, I don't know if you know who humorist Ben Stein is, uh, but he made this little movie, this documentary called Expelled. And really, it's all about how the science that supports an intelligent designer is absolutely not welcome in universities, and schools, all over the nation. And he just goes, and he doesn't profess to be a scientist, but he goes and he does put a bright spotlight on the bias and on the very limited perspective of much of the educational institutions that we take their word as law, and oh, if they say it's evidence, it must be. And at the very end, he has a conversation with Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins is one of the premier, he's an evolutionary biologist uh, from Oxford University, premier thinkers, authors, one of the most prominent voices for evolutionary thought in our modern era. And Ben Stein just has an interview with him and starts asking him some questions. And it really is interesting to see how Dawkins answers. Take a listen. Well, then, who
2: did create the heavens and the earth?
3: Why do you use the word who? You see, you, you, you immediately beg the question by using the word who.
2: Well, then, how did it get created? Well, um,
3: by a very slow process. Well, how did it start? Nobody knows how, how it started. We know the kind of event that it must have been. We know the sort of event that, that must have happened for the origin of life. And what was that? It was the origin of the first self-replicating molecule. Right. And how did that happen? I told you, we don't know.
2: So you have no idea how it started? No, no. Nor, nor, nor has anybody. Nor has anyone else. What do you think is the possibility that there that intelligent design might turn out to be uh, the answer to some issues in uh, genetics or in, well, in evolution?
3: It could come about in the following way. It could be that uh, at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization e- evolved by probably some kind of darwinian means to a very very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they seeded onto <coughs> perhaps this this planet um now th- that is a possibility and a, an a intriguing possibility mm. and i suppose it's possible that you might find evidence for that if you look at the um at the detail details of biochemistry molecular biology you might find a signature of some sort of designer wait
2: a second Richard Dawkins thought intelligent design might be a legitimate pursuit?
3: Um, And that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. But that higher intelligence would itself have had to have come about by some explicable or ultimately explicable process. It couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously. That's the point. So,
2: Professor Dawkins was not against intelligent design, just certain types of designers, such as God. So, the, the Hebrew God, the God of the Old Testament, he doesn't exist, in your view? Uh,
3: certainly. I mean, that would be a very unpleasant prospect.
2: And uh, the trend, Holy Trinity of the no, New Testament. Nothing, that doesn't nothing exist. like that. Do you believe in any of the um, Hindu gods? Like Vishnu? How can you or? ask such a question? You like, don't. How, right? how
3: could I? I mean, you what, believe why in, would I, given that I don't believe in any others?
2: You don't believe in the Muslim God?
3: No. And why do you even need to ask well I just wanted to be sure
2: so you don't believe in any god
3: anywhere any god anywhere would be completely incompatible with 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 anything that I've said
2: in, in, I, I, assume, yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure you don't okay. believe in any god anywhere no. What if, you, if after you died, you ran into God? He said, what have you been doing, Richard? I mean, what have you been doing? I've been trying well, to be nice to you. Yep. I gave you a multi-million dollar paycheck <laughs> yeah. over and over again with your book, and look what you did.
3: Bertrand Russell was, had that point put to him, and he said um, something like, Sir, why did you take such <clears throat> pains to hide yourself?
2: But... If the intelligent design people are right, God isn't hidden. We may even be able to encounter God through science, if we have the freedom to go there. What could be more intriguing than that?
0: So bottom line, Dawkins is willing to concede it could be aliens. It's true, that's what he said. It could be aliens who violated the prime directive for all you Trekkies out there. <laughs> that, it, it could be aliens, but it can't be God. And that's, I wanted you to hear one of the premier minds, one of the leaders, one of the most influential thinkers, a, a renowned scientist, Oxford professor. I wanted you to hear those words from his mouth. Well, where did that come from? We don't know. How did that process start? We don't know. So next time your junior college professor starts trying to get all high and mighty, show him that clip. So do you know now? I mean, you're not as published as Dawkins, of course, but I'm sure you can offer something. I mean, really, you you need to understand the bias that is being brought into this conversation because none of us is neutral. Understand that the way that, and, and please, I'm a fan of science. But what the science of today, the science that is putting so many people's belief on trial, simply begins like this. Since there cannot be a God or a divine creator, then this must be how it happened. And I would agree. If you're going to put a big old premise there, then the processes that they've defined seem to be as reasonable as any other. They seem to be a possible physical explanation. But do you realize what ridiculous science it is to start with a premise like that? Since there can't be this, then it must be this. When true science would actually stop and say, let's study what is and see what we can discover. And you see, that the point is, we're not comfortable with the implications of belief. I choose not to believe because I don't want there to be a God. See, in the absence of a God, we get to be God. Nobody is without a motive here. See, that really highlights the difference between doubt and belief. Jesus didn't strongly rebuke Thomas for his doubt. In fact, he addressed his doubt, offered him proof. But he did address his unbelief.
1: We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a message called The Intellect of Faith. The series is called The Followers. If you'd like to hear the full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you'd like to come and check out River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
0: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And back to the message, the intellect of faith. This is Real Life Radio.
0: Doubt is often an intellectual problem. We want to believe, but our faith is assaulted by problems and questions. And that is not a sin. Unbelief is a moral problem where we simply will not believe. Now, I'm not saying doubt isn't problematic. James 1.6 warns against the dangers of living a life of doubt. He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the seas that is driven and tossed by the wind. If you choose to be addicted to doubt and say, I'm going to live only in doubt and I will never be convinced, you're in danger. Like a wave. For that person must not suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The question is, what do you do with your doubts? Because that makes all the difference. I believe Thomas was at a crossroads and Jesus arranged an intervention. That's what that meeting was. An intervention for Thomas. Thomas was in danger of moving from doubt, i.e., this is really hard to believe, which they were all in that same place, and moving beyond doubt to unbelief. I will not believe. I cannot believe. In fact, in the Greek, that phrase Thomas said, unless I see, I will not believe, is really strong. It's actually, with the way that the the verbs are supported, it's, it's I positively will not believe. I positively will not believe. That's how strongly he said that. And I think this is an intervention where Jesus is trying to save him from moving from doubt to unbelief. See, a searching mind is one thing. A hard heart is another. Searching mind is a good thing. A hard heart is a dangerous thing. Hebrews chapter 3, beginning verse 12 the writer says, Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called a day, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we've come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conf- uh, confidence firm to the end. And what's fascinating is that is addressed to brothers. That's addressed to believers. He's warning them. This is not just a problem for those outside the church or for people who profess not to be believers. What about us? What if you can become a Christian who so becomes so closed-minded and who refuses to actually engage with God in real and vibrant living faith? What if it's possible for our heart to become hard and closed? I know what I know, and I don't want anyone to challenge it. I don't need anything else big difference between a searching mind and a hard heart a lesson from thomas if you take notes, write this down here's our main point faith has nothing to do with shutting off your mind and everything to do with opening your heart and mind to the presence of god faith has nothing to do with shutting off your mind that has been an, an objection and a thought that people have carried for centuries and it's just not true Faith has nothing to do with shutting off your mind and everything to do with opening your heart and mind to the real presence of God. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. The unseen, the spiritual, is real. It's not physical. It's real. And it's eternal. Hebrews 11.1-3 says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for, and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. That's a direct answer to Richard Dawkins' problem. What is seen didn't come from the visible. It came from the very real spiritual presence of God. Real quickly as I wrap up, I want to give you a few... a few things just to help you cultivate belief, okay? How do we deal with these occasional doubts and skepticism? How do we cultivate a heart and a life of belief, okay? Number one, bring your doubts to Jesus. Don't beat yourself up for having doubts, but take those doubts to Jesus. Be honest, be open. He's not afraid, he's not insecure, he's not looking down on you because you have questions. Bring your doubts to him. In that very act You open up the door to him, begin to speak to you, to show you. Thomas had the courage to stand before Jesus. And Jesus said, here, take a look. He didn't need to touch the wounds. He just needed to be with Jesus. I encourage you. Best and most important thing you can do with your doubts is bring them to Jesus, not try to hide them from Jesus. Faith has nothing to do with shutting off your mind and everything to do with opening your heart and mind to the presence of God. Second, let him speak through his word. I want to challenge you to move beyond just Bible study. And Bible study is awesome. We are Bible study fans here, okay? But if you're not listening for the voice of God, you could just be going through an academic exercise. Let him speak through his word. Romans 10 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Let him every day as you open his word, let him speak relational listening as you approach the scripture what does god actually have to say about these issues that we face what does god want to say to you i challenge you to wait to seek him out and seek a word from the lord for you he wants to talk to you about the stuff of your life about your kids about your job about your questions about your future he wants to talk to you about that and there's nothing like it when you hear as god speaks and as he moves Number three, don't isolate yourself from the gathering of the saints. Don't isolate yourself from the gathering of the saints. Why wasn't Thomas with them? Well, we don't know for sure. We just know he wasn't. Where was he? We're not sure. But the last thing you want to do when times are hard, when you're in a crisis, when you have questions and doubts, is isolate yourself. And that's sadly what so many of us kind of, for whatever reason instinctively we want to go and isolate work it out over here i've seen so many people get serious damage to their lives their faith their emotions because they isolate themselves when that is exactly the wrong thing to do do you understand this gathering is not just about a message it's not just about a message that you're hoping i'll wrap up pretty soon okay it is about that mind you okay But, but it's it's not It is about the fact that we are a Christian community. This is the gathering of the confessing saints. And they're happening all over the world. Today, yesterday, tomorrow. The gathering of the saints. And there is something in us coming together and saying we believe. Saying I believe is one thing. But when we in unison together say we believe, there's something powerful about that. We are part of something that is ancient. It is historical. And we are now a part of something that is powerful and transformative. And we are a part together. Don't isolate yourself. Don't be one of those folks that says, well, I can get a message online, and that's cool, and, or I can listen to some, you know, worship music on Spotify, and that's all I need, and I get my Jesus fix. It isn't about you getting your Jesus fix. You know, the Scripture says that one person can easily be overcome. Two, it's a little bit harder, but a cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. It's talking about connecting in Christian community and what the importance why this is a sacred gathering that they did from the very beginning, why it has carried on throughout the centuries, different forms, different pictures, different types and styles, different rooms, but this thing has remained from the ancient church. They met to pray, to share the word, the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, prayer. It's sacramental in a sense because it's what we do as the church. Don't isolate yourself. Be a part of the body of believers changes things. Encourage and strengthen one another. It's beautiful when we're together. When when I'm down and maybe having doubts, someone else can encourage me and lift me up. But when someone else is down and having doubts, I can encourage and lift them up. That's the community of faith. Faith has nothing to do with shutting off your mind and everything to do with opening your heart and mind to the presence of God. Last thing, and maybe the most important, exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Act on what you believe. There's such, it is so powerful. We have to hear what God is saying, but then we have to obey what God is saying. Remember, Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It is entirely possible for you to fill your head with facts and know the truth and have it never set you free because you never do anything about it. You never act on it and you never experience it. Understand there are three levels of knowledge. We could say there's three levels of how we know things. There's hearsay. In other words, someone else told me. As of yet, I haven't been to China. Okay? So China to me is hearsay. I, I believe China exists. Okay? But what I'm saying is I've read about it, I've seen pictures, I've seen video, I've heard stories, but I personally haven't been to China yet. Okay? So it's hearsay. A second level is observation, where you see something. You see something that happened, and you observed it, and so you know, no, that's real. But the third level, is experience, and that's when you've lived it, and you know it, and here's a point I want you to to grab onto and maybe wrestle with a little bit. Don't ever confuse observation and experience. Don't ever confuse observation and experience. Just because I saw the power of God in someone else's life, I know it's real. I can see it. I saw him. I saw the prayer be answered. I saw God move. I saw the change. I saw it. That's great, but it's not the same as I experienced it. I stepped out in faith based on what God said. I experienced his presence. I saw the power of God move. God wants every one of us to taste and see, the scripture says. And once you've experienced it, I don't care what skeptic comes to you and goes, no, that's impossible. (laughs) Whatever, I just lived it. Okay, it's impossible. I I know because I experienced it. That's one of the big problems with our faith. So many people talking about something they've never experienced I don't want to be a bystander. I don't want to be a hearsay Christian. I don't even want to be an observation Christian. I want to be an experienced Christian. I want the fullness of God's presence. I want the whole deal. I don't want some sort of kind of weekly passive experience that we kind of do because, well, it's our tradition. I want the real deal, and I think you do too. That's why you're here. So my question is, what is that next step of faith for you? Because I'll bet if I could sit... And talk to every one of you. You would have something that God's been talking to you about. And you could say, yep, this is something I think God wants me to do. And if it's something he wants you to do and you know it and you haven't done it, I could then ask the next question. And if you're honest, you could answer me. What are you afraid of? Because the reason we're not doing it is because we're afraid of something. I'm afraid if I do that, it'll hurt me at work. I'm afraid if I do that, he or she will leave me. I'm afraid if I do that, God won't come through. I'm afraid I'll look like an idiot. Whatever. I don't know. What are you afraid of? One of the best ways to overcome fear is to step out in faith and watch him work.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in a message called The Followers and the Intellect of Faith. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message and the series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.
0: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.